Here we go again. <laughs> a new year brings new opportunities. A fresh start to reset rhythms. What if you could enter a new zone of fresh focus and purpose? How would life be different? More fulfilling? Join us for an epic City First series. Find your flow and maximize the greatness God has placed within you. All right, that'll wake you up. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, City First, how's everybody doing today? Come on, let me hear you. You doing good? How about you guys online? Come on, give it up for everyone online right now. Everyone join us at Southwest Florida, Cape Coral location. And also, let's give a big cheer to God behind bars, Dixon and Hardy. We love you guys very much. And I, I, I say this every week, but you know what? We cannot wait to be back in person with you. I realize COVID has made it difficult, but at least you're able to still be a part of our church, but we cannot wait to be back in person. And then hello to everybody here at the Spring Creek location, which includes our state line friends. So we are excited uh, that you all are here today. We are in a series called Find Your Flow. Find Your Flow. And uh, the term flow, like here, flow, uh, flow is a term being used by athletes or musicians or competitors or gamers or even business people that when they are performing their craft, whatever it is that they do, at an almost perfect level. And psychologists say that a state of flow, when you get in the zone, you're hyper-focused on whatever activity you're doing. You're fully immersed in the activity, so you're not distracted, all right? You exhibit a level of high performance, and the whole time you are experiencing intense enjoyment. In other words, you're, you're loving life, right? You're, you're really maximizing life at that point. So we're asking ourselves a question in this series. What would it be like in 2021 if we were to find God's flow for our life? What would your 2021 be like if you found God's flow for your life? Um, recently, I had somebody ask me if I would take a quiz because they were curious what my spirit animal was. <laughs> and I said, well, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you know, it's just kind of a fun thing. It's like your personality is most like uh, what animal, you know? It's like, are, are you a, a golden retriever? Are you a, a, a bear? Are you a bunny? I'm like, well, I'm definitely not a bunny. Um, an owl, you know, it was kind of a fun thing. So they sent me this link and, you know, on my smartphone I went and I'm like answering like 20 random questions. Well, at the end of this uh, little quiz or whatever it was, I found out that my animal is a shark. That's what I am. I'm a shark. And I kind of was proud of that. I'll be honest with you. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm a, I'm a shark. That's kind of cool. Like, you know, like, like sharks are kind of cool. They're mysterious. They're daunting. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, you know? And, 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 and I just thought it's kind of interesting. It's kind of funny that, that many times we will, we will resonate with the personality of a certain animal, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. Like I was at a pool party uh, last summer, and uh, there was a guy there that had a big lion tattooed on his peck, you know, on his chest. And uh, I always like making conversations, so I asked him, I'm like, hey, what's up with the lion? You know, why, why the lion, you know? And he's like, well, because that's who I am. It's like, I'm a lion. I have a lion heart, you know, and stuff. I'm like, okay, okay, chill. It's cool, you know? <laughs> but, but this is interesting. It, it, I started thinking about it, and I thought, really, it's kind of funny, because actually, Jesus likens us to an animal also. Like, like, like he says, we have a spirit animal. 
And, and I didn't use those terms, right? He didn't say spirit animal, but he, he basically likens us to an animal. And, and even beyond his words and his stories, there's actually other references in the word of God that kind of likens us as human beings to an animal. And you know what it is? It, it's a sheep. That's kind of underwhelming. I mean, you know, not an eagle, not a bear, not a bull, not, not, not something that's prestigious, not, you know, nothing with like boldness or determination or stamina, but rather like this, a sheep, like this picture. <laughs> and, and, and I thought about it, I thought, you know, Jesus says that we're like a sheep and that the number one personality characteristic of a sheep, you know what it is? Sheep will follow something or someone. So the number one characteristic of a sheep is they follow. Again, kind of underwhelming. <laughs> and, and of all the creatures that God could have, like, you know, said, hey, I want you to be like this, or I'm going to liken you as human beings to this. Out of all the creatures that he created, he compares us to a fluffy ball with legs that follows things. And it even gets better. It even gets better. Do you know sheep have no internal sense of direction. Like their GPS is completely broken. Like, like you could literally lead them from a pasture to the barn and you could do it 20 days in a row. And on the 21st day, they'll still get lost if someone doesn't lead them there. Now, some of you that are listening to this, it's all starting to make sense right now, isn't it? You're thinking to yourself, you're like, Okay, I wonder why I'm always losing my keys and my phone and I'm getting lost all the time and things like that. And, and you could just like tell your spouse or your boss or your friends, it's like, God made me this way. I'm a sheep. Sheep also need constant direction and instruction. Constant. So Jesus compares us to a directionally challenged, fluffy ball of wool with legs that cannot remember where we're going and we follow anything. That's what he compares us to. So I don't know about you, am I building your self-esteem yet today? You know, it's interesting though, it's kind of funny because if we are like sheep, then that means the loudest voice in our lives we tend to follow, which begs a question. Who or what is the loudest voice in your life? Who or what is the loudest voice in your life? Because I guarantee you that you are probably following that voice, whether you realize it or not, because you're designed more like sheep than you are like a bear or an elephant or a shark or anything else. Because whoever you're, you've, you've permitted to have the loudest voice in your life, you tend to follow. So Jesus tells a story. He tells a story about us sheep. He's likening us to sheep once again. And he says this in John 10 verses one and two. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold. Now what's a sheepfold? A sheepfold is kind of the pen you could say. It's like where they keep the sheep at night, kind of keep them safe. They kind of wall them in or put them in a gate, you know, like a fenced in area. And, and, and that's where they're, they're safe at night. Well, anyone who sneaks over the wall, Jesus said, into the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. And then he goes on to say this, but the one who enters through the gate 
is the shepherd of the sheep. In other words, what is so interesting about this is Jesus is saying there are certain people that will try to invade your space, will try to invade your life, but they are not the ones that you should be following. Rather, instead, the shepherd that comes in appropriately and properly the right way through the gate is the one that you must follow. He is the good shepherd. So there are always people, always voices, always things that are trying to climb over the wall into our life, you could say. But Jesus says those are robbers and those are thieves. And if anything, they're counterfeit shepherds, counterfeit voices that will lead you down paths that you ultimately do not want to go, that will not give you flow. See, the reason why I'm talking about voices today and the voice of the good shepherd is this. Unless you listen and unless you follow the right voice, you will not find flow in 2021. Instead, other voices will lead you to frustration, anger, depression, hopelessness, or distractions. But there is one voice, one good shepherd, that if you follow his voice, he will lead you to a life that is full. And I'd lovingly say this, that most of us, including myself, find times that we are allowing subversive voices to invade our minds and our lives, and we are following people and things that are leading us down wrong paths, even right now. And they will steal our joy, our purpose, our fulfillment, our destiny, and ultimately our flow. And speaking of the good shepherd, Jesus continues in his story about us as sheep in verse 3, and he says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. That's kind of symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit opens up the gate for him, the good shepherd, meaning Jesus. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. So listen, there is a relationship here between the good shepherd and us as the sheep and leads them. Now listen, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice, the stranger's voice. Many of you know that Jen and I have three boys, three amazing boys, and our youngest one, Paxton, who's nine years old, um, he's still at the house, and the other two boys are off at college, and, and Paxton loves hanging with his dad. Sometimes I talk about Paxton. Many of you maybe haven't ever seen him before, so here's a picture of him. This is Pax. He's, he's our boy, and uh, our youngest boy, and, and I'll tell you what, one thing that Pax likes to do is he likes to hang with his dad. In fact, when, when he's hanging with his mom and dad's not around, he's like, where's daddy? Daddy. Daddy, daddy, daddy. And, and, and Jen's like, how about mommy, mommy? I gave birth to you, right? Daddy. He loves hanging around with daddy, all right? Well, here's the thing. One thing I've noticed about Paxton is that he knows my voice. One time, many, many moons ago, many years ago, there was a fun fair at school, and uh, Jen and Paxton had, had drove separately, and they had arrived at the fun fair, and, and I was coming to the fun fair. And for those of you that are parents that have ever gone to a school fun fair, you know that those are the nights that you just cowboy up, right? 
You're just like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to kind of grin and bear it because, because the place is chaos. The place is chaos. In fact, I walked into the school. The place is packed. Kids are everywhere. They're hyped up on sugar and corn dogs. It's an absolute zoo. It's loud. Kids are running. Parents are acting like, like overwhelmed. Parents are carrying the cake that the kid won at the cakewalk and the stuffed animal and a Slurpee. And they're trying to like navigate life at that moment. You get the picture, right? I walked into that. When I walked into it, I, I went into the gymnasium. And if you go into a gymnasium, the volume even increases even more, right? It's like kids are screaming. It's crazy. I mean, everything's going on. And I saw Jen and Paxson on the far end of the gym. And, and, and so I started to make my way. I'm weaving through people and such. And I make my way. Get about 20 feet away from them. Paxson was looking in the other direction. In fact, it's so loud and crazy in there. He's, he's looking at everything. And, uh, and I just looked at him. And, and, and I'm about 20 feet away. And I didn't yell it, but I was loud because it was loud in the gym, but I just said, hey, Paxton. It was just one of these kind of things. Paxton. And you know what was so crazy? In the middle of the chaos, in the middle of all the other voices, in the middle of all the confusion, he had the ability to discern my voice, and he turned in my direction, and he saw me, and he smiled, and he came running to me. Now, now listen, you, you understand the metaphor here, right? I mean, in the, in the midst of the chaos of our world, when, when Jesus calls out our name, we should be able to discern his voice and be able to turn his way and come to him. In fact, in this verse, Jesus is saying his followers are familiar. Sometimes we look at familiarity as being a bad thing. Here's the familiarity that's a good thing. They're familiar with the voice of Jesus. They can discern his voice and they run from counterfeit voices. They run from the voices of the thieves and the robbers that will say, follow me, but lead them down the wrong path. And so we as sheep, we must be really, really good. I'm talking like today, starting today in 2021, we need to be really, really good at discerning the real voice of truth, the real shepherd that we should be following. Because if you do not spend time, you do not spend time with Jesus, you will not be able to discern his voice. The reason why Paxton knew my voice amongst all the other voices is because we had spent time together and he became familiar with my voice. So if you want to find flow in 2021, you need to become familiar with the voice of God. And the only way to do that is through time. Because there's a lot of counterfeit voices out there in our lives right now trying to get our attention online, on TV, in the media, in politics, in our workplaces, in our communities, all kinds of voices. But there's only one good shepherd and there's only one voice that we should follow when it comes to truth and guiding our lives, right? At the end of the story, Jesus wraps up a portion of the story in John 10, 10. It's the verse that I talked about last week. It's that famous verse we hear all the time, but many of you maybe didn't realize that this story about us being sheep became, came before this verse. And verse says this, the thief, meaning the devil, so now Jesus is connecting the dots here, that who comes over the wall into the sheepfold is the thief, meaning the devil, is there to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says of himself, meaning the good shepherd that comes through the gate, I come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
And if you want to have a life of flow, you need to have a life that follows the right voice. So here's the million dollar question. I guarantee you there's probably thousands of you that are asking this, whether you're in one of our auditoriums or most of you are watching online right now, you're probably asking this question to yourself. You're saying, okay, Jer, I want to follow the right voice, but, but how do you hear and become familiar with the voice of God? I mean, how, how do you really do that? You know, I mean, is, is that something that just kind of like you learn or, 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 or what? Well, first you need to understand this. You need to understand that God wants to speak to you. I know it's super elementary. Didn't get a lot of amens on that one. And here's the reason why. It seems like it's too elementary. But there are some of us in the room, in fact, I'd say a lot of us in the room or watching in whatever room right now, that you think that God really speaks to everybody but you. He'll speak to the person next to you. He'll speak to your spouse. He'll speak to your kids, your parents. He'll speak to your boss. He'll speak to a pastor. He'll speak to some leader, but, but he's not going to speak to you. He, he didn't really want to speak to you. He wants to speak to all the important people, whoever the important people are. And I just want you to know that's not true, that God wants to speak literally to you. He wants to speak to you. And you're like, well, I'm kind of new to faith. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you whether you have known Jesus for one day or a hundred years. I will even say this, that you know what? If you don't even know Jesus, he wants to speak to you. If you have a pulse, he wants to speak to you. And, and, and no matter who you are, and, and I start with that because sometimes we disqualify ourselves and we think, well, because of what I did or, or what I'm doing or, or who I am or my position or my career, we think it is because of whatever we don't have God speaking to us. But no, that's not true. Actually, I would tell you this, that not only does he want to speak to you, he is speaking to you. He is speaking. In fact, some of you right now are listening to this. Like you're in the auditorium right now and, and like, you know, I'm looking at you and I'm preaching and you're thinking, gosh, as he's talking, it's almost as if he's talking right to me or maybe through the camera. It's like he's talking right to me. No, that's not me, by the way. Do you understand that? I say this often. That is not me. And I get this all the time. I'll be like in the grocery store and people will stop and be like, when you preach, it's like you're preaching right to me. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, can I tell you something? That's not me. That's not me. That's not, that's not my communication abilities, all right? It is that my words are being energized by the Spirit of God, and Jesus is using those words to speak directly to you. Do you understand that? So, so therefore, it is a personal message, individualistic for you. He wants to speak to you. He wants a relationship with you, no matter who you are. Secondly, you got to understand this, it's that God speaks the clearest in silence. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that's when he only speaks. Like, he can speak in the middle of the chaos. Like, how when I was, you know, calling out to Paxton, he heard my voice in the midst of the chaos. He'll, he'll do that, too. He speaks all the time, but here's the thing. He speaks the clearest when we're silent. Now, I know some of you are like going, I haven't been silent for a long time. Like, yeah. Maybe that's why you're not hearing the voice of God, the way you want to. And, and, and again, it takes a discipline. It's a discipline to say, I'm going to take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour, however long, and I am going to purposely turn my phone off. I'm going to purposely get up early. I'm going to purposely stay up a little later after I put the kids to bed. I'm going to purposely turn off the TV or shut my computer or turn off my Instagram, whatever it is. I'm going to purposely create silence and stillness 
in my life. He, he works best in stillness. In fact, um, it says in Psalms 46, it says to be still and know that I am God. So therefore, he speaks the clearest in stillness and in silence. But to do that, you have to create the space. Like, he's not going to force you to be still. He's not going to force you to be silent. And the problem with most of us, and, and I'm telling you, including your pastor here, all right, the problem with most of us is that we have a hard time hearing God because our schedules never allow us to be silent or still. And so this is why 21 days of prayer and fasting is so important because we do this twice a year where for 21 days now in January and 21 days again in, in August, we, we, we try to get into a habit of creating pockets of stillness and silence in our lives, even if it's 15 minutes a day. So, so go to our app, go to the website, go to our social media, and we have all these tools and we have videos and we have things like that that, that help you create stillness and, and help you create um, a, a way to pray for, for 10 minutes a day. And, and so do that, all right? Create a habit of that because God speaks the clearest in moments of stillness and silence. God also speaks primarily, I would say, through his word, through the Bible. If people want to hear, uh, you know, what Jesus has to say, well, well, then look at his words and look at his stories and look at his actions. In fact, the first four books of the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, it's Mark, or excuse me, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These four books, these are followers of Jesus. They, they basically recorded the, the stories of Jesus, the words of Jesus, and the actions of Jesus. So if you want to learn more about what Jesus has to say to you, well, then read about what he said. Because his words are not just for the people who lived 2,000 years ago. His words are alive for you today. And so his instructions, his stories, these are things that we can take into our life today in 2021. And, and it, like, for example, if you want to know what Martin Luther King Jr. believed, well, then what you do is you read about what he said and what he did. That's how you know what he believed. And in the same way, if you want to learn about, like, what Mother Teresa believed, well, then you read about what she said and what she did. If you want to know what God believes about you, then you need to read what Jesus said and did because Jesus is the perfect reflection, the perfect like uh, image of God, you could say, because he was God. So, so what Jesus said, what Jesus did, and how he acted is what, G what God says and what he does and how he acts. So, so you can learn that. Can I give you a word of warning, though, on this? Is, I will just tell you as, as, as your pastor and as a pastor, a, a lot of what I see portrayed of, of who Jesus is in culture or social media right now is not a complete picture of who Jesus was and is. In fact, I see a lot of people customizing Jesus' teachings into an existing belief system that they already have. So they're making Jesus fit into their existing belief system rather than changing their belief system to fit what Jesus says. Let's just not like, like cherry pick Jesus' teachings. Let's look at his whole teaching, his whole life, and let's follow that voice. Does that make sense? And so if the words of Jesus don't convict you, you are following the wrong voice. 
If the words of Jesus don't sometimes make you mad and uncomfortable, you're following the wrong shepherd. If, if, if sometimes the, the, the voice of Jesus it doesn't resonate totally or fit totally in your pre-existing lifestyle, then I will tell you, you're probably following the wrong Jesus. See, sometimes we, we don't want to totally listen to the parts of Jesus' speeches or his sermons or his parables because they make us uncomfortable or they point out the wrong in our lives. Jesus did not die on the cross because everyone agreed with him. He died on a cross because there were a lot of people, the majority of people, did not agree with him. In fact, he was not safe. He was an extremist. In his day, he was saying things that went across the grain. And yet, the Bible says, he did not sin. So being an extremist doesn't mean you sin. It, it, here, here's the thing. It, it's like uh, about a month ago, I saw this actually on, um, on Instagram. It was a TikTok video, and it was a, this dog that that was getting reprimanded. And the dog was getting reprimanded because it had chewed a, a cord. And, and I, I watched this, I laughed out loud. I, I'm not, you know, I don't watch animal videos all day. In fact, if you know my personality, that's definitely not what I do, you know. But, but I saw this, I actually laughed out loud. I enjoyed it, I thought this was hilarious. And uh, when I saw it, I thought, you know, that's the way I am with Jesus sometimes. When, well, what you're about ready to see. Like, like, this is when Jesus is pointing out an area of my life that I don't want him to point out, I'd rather customize his teaching to make me comfortable rather than taking his full teaching that makes me uncomfortable. And Jesus demands change. He's a king. He's not, he's not someone you vote in. He's not someone you could vote out. He's a king. And if you know anything about kingdoms, which we don't as Americans, because we're in a democracy, we can criticize our leaders. We can vote them in and out. We can write all kinds of posts about. That's not the way it is in a kingdom. If you're in a kingdom, you are a subject to the king. You are a servant to the king. Your opinion does not matter. Only opinion that matters in a kingdom is the king's opinion. And he is God. He is the one that created the universe with his voice. Therefore, how dare we, how dare we stand up and challenge him and think that he is a peer or an equal with our train of thought and our intelligence and our quote-unquote wisdom, but rather instead we humbly bow down to a good king who is a good shepherd that leads us to an abundant life, and we say, it is not what I believe, but Jesus, it is what you believe. And when you point out my faults, I say, yes, Lord, I will change to the best of my ability. And I will also embrace the strength of your spirit for helping me change. I saw this video about a month ago, and I thought this is what we do to Jesus. We sometimes side-eye Jesus. Watch this. Well, well, well. Who chewed the headset? Who chewed the headset? Riley, who did that? Was it you, Riley? Did you chew the headset? <laughs> I'm telling you, I do that with Jesus. And you know, if I could just be presumptuous for a moment, 
but I would say that I'm probably pretty accurate. You do that with Jesus too. Don't we do that? Sometimes the Holy Spirit puts his finger on an area of our life and he's like, mm-mm-mm. -mm. And we're like, la, 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 la. We don't want to look fully in the face of our king who speaks truth because sometimes the truth makes us uncomfortable and it demands we change. And, and, and you know what? This is what I know, that Jesus is going to speak to us from time to time. He might even be doing it today. Speak to us from time to time, and, and it's going to hurt our feelings. And, and, and if we listen, though, and we obey, we're going to discover a life that is to the full. In other words, a life of flow. So Jesus speaks to our hearts. Last quick story before I let you leave. Uh, I say speak to your heart. You're like, well, what does that mean? Well, I don't, God doesn't speak to me a lot audibly. In fact, he's never spoke audibly, audibly. It's not like I've ever heard him say, Jeremy, you know, I'd have freaked out, okay, honestly. That's never, I think sometimes we're expecting that. A lot of times the way that he speaks to us is through an impression, through discomfort. It's through um, kind of getting a gut, a sense. Does that make sense? Sometimes he speaks in images. I mean, there's, so this is the thing. God's speaking all the time. A lot of times you just don't realize it's him. And um, years and years ago, a host ministry uh, over in, in um, Spain, in Barcelona, Spain, had called me and said, hey, listen, this, uh, they host this conference. And they're like, would you come over and speak to this youth conference? And they said, would, you can bring your wife. You want to bring Jen, you can. We'll pay your way over there and back, you know, and will you just come and speak? And I'm like, yes, Lord, send me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, that's awesome. I didn't get a lot of these kind of invitations. That's awesome. And um, about a week before uh, we were supposed to fly to Barcelona, uh, both Jen and I started to feel a discomfort about going, like, like we shouldn't go. She felt it more than I did, probably because she's more in tune with God than I am. And, and she really, she was like, Jer, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel good about going. I don't want to go. A day of leaving, like the morning, we're packing and we're getting everything ready. And, and, and literally, I remember having this conversation like in the living room and she's like, I don't want to go. We even had this conversation like, well, okay, Jen, maybe you stay and I'll go. And, and you know, it was like, it was at that point, like she was just like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't feel right about go. I don't want to go. And, and I'm like, this is kind of weird. And, and again, being kind of the Enneagram aide and the male, you know, I'm like, Jen, it's going to be all right. Come on, let's cowboy up. Let's go. Let's get on the plane. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be spreading the love of Jesus with all these youth in another country. I mean, what an opportunity. And so we get in the car and we go to O'Hare and we get on a flight and we start flying across the ocean. And if you've ever flown from America uh, east um, to Europe, you usually fly through the night and then you land in the morning in Europe, wherever. And so we're flying through the night. It's like 2 a.m. in the morning, my time. And everybody is asleep on the plane. I can't sleep. I can't sleep on planes. I wish I could. And, and so I'm catnapping and I kind of like look at the screen. They have these little screens in the back of the, the seat back in front of you. And, and the screen is, has a map and it's showing where the plane is at. We're across the ocean, in the middle of the ocean, past Greenland. And it shows this little line where we're going, the little plane. And then it showed us kind of doing this U-turn and we're heading back to America. And I, I spent a lot of my life on planes and I'm like, I've never seen this before. And uh, I, I got a little panicky and everybody else is kind of out and the cabin lights are low. And, and for about 15 minutes there, I'm watching this, this map and I'm like going, what is happening right now? What is happening? Why are we going back? Why are we going back? And, and uh, about 15 minutes later, the captain comes on and says, 
Uh, if I get everybody's attention, I realize some of you are sleeping. I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up the cabin lights a minute. I have an important announcement. Um, we, many of you have seen on the map that we've turned around, we're going back to America. And the reason why is, is because um, one of our engines, uh, the oil pressure dropped on it. We think that literally it lost oil, we had to shut it off. And so here's the good news. The good news is we have another engine. There's two engines on this plane and this plane can fly with only one engine. And so we, we, we decided we, we need to turn around because it's actually safest to go back rather than continue right now on one engine. But he says the word, but I'm like, what, what are you talking about? He goes, but there is a concern. And that is that the oil pressure in the working engine is also kind of low. And so we're just going to try to make it back. I'm like, this is the worst language you can use. All right. Like literally, I'm like, you didn't have to tell us about the oil pressure in the working engine. Just say, we got one engine, we're flying home. That's all you got to say. I don't need to know that the oil is wonky in that engine also. And so for hours, literally, because we're hours out into the ocean for hours, I'm like, we're all glued to the, to the map. You know, and finally we land in, in Boston and, and Jen looks at me and she's like, I told you. <laughs> and we land in Boston and they put us up at a hotel, the airline did, and they said, hey, the next morning we're gonna go ahead and there's gonna be a new flight at 10 a.m. that's gonna get you to Barcelona. And both Jen and I looked at each other and we're like, we're going home. So I called the host of this conference and I said, hey, <laughs> We had a weird feeling a couple days going into this, but then this happened. And I just think it's best right now that we just, we're just going to catch a flight home. And they, you know, the conference host was like, I understand it's all good. You know, and I don't know what would have happened if we would have forced it and gotten on another plane and gone to Barcelona. I have no idea what would happen, but this is what I knew. I felt like God didn't want us to go. I mean, you think, right? And, um, that's how God many times will speak to us. He'll speak to us through an impression, a discomfort, maybe even a peace. Sometimes he speaks through his peace, but this is the thing. This is the thing. Jesus will never tell you to do something that contradicts his word, meaning the Bible or his character. So, so it's not just a feeling. It's a feeling in line with his word. And the more and more that you spend time with God, like Paxton, the more and more you're going to hear the voice of your father in the midst of all the chaos. And he's a good shepherd. And so in 2021, I want you to do this. I want you to pray that God would show his voice to you, that you would hear his voice, discern his voice, that you would hear it. Because the word hear in Hebrew it means to listen and obey. We want to hear Jesus's voice and then follow him. So it's not just listening. In English, we, we have the word hear and it means just to listen. In Hebrew, it means to listen and obey. So it means action. It's not, it's not a passive word. It's an action verb in a sense. And so I want to pray for you now that God would help us to hear and obey. And then I'll dismiss you, all right? Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord God, that you are speaking to us. Help us to still ourselves and to listen. You know, before I even pray anymore, if right now, if you just say, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to have him be the good shepherd and I want to 
him to lead my life. You know how you do that? You just pray a prayer and, and just ask God into your life. Ask Jesus into your life to forgive you and to be your leader. So even before I close the corporate prayer, I'm going to give you an opportunity to have an individualistic prayer. And all you got to do is pray a prayer like this. That's all you have to do is just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my leader. I want to hear your voice. That's all you got to do. And if you prayed that, I'm telling you, that's the best prayer you could ever pray. Making the good shepherd your leader. But Jesus, I pray now for all of us. May 2021 be a year that we hear your voice, the voice of the good shepherd. And may we discern all the other voices and not follow them in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Adam's gonna come up and close us. Come on, let's give God a huge round of applause. Can we do that? Thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for that. Man, challenging words. So many things to think about this week as we listen to God's voice. And I just wanna take a moment real quickly here. If you made that decision to make Jesus the leader and forgiver of your life, that is the best decision that you could ever make. And we wanna come alongside you and help you take a next step today. And uh, you'll see on the screen a New Beginnings resource. And this is a great resource that's gonna explain a little bit more about that decision. Uh, we have it available here in person at the Next Step booth, or you could request a digital copy. There's instructions on how you could do that on the screen. And uh, next, in two weeks, actually, we have an incredible Next Step. For those of you that have already made that decision to follow Jesus, we have water baptisms in two weeks. Yep, you can cheer for that. If I can have a favorite Sunday, these are some of my favorite Sundays because we get to see tangibly what God's doing in the life of the church. And really what baptism is, is it's a physical expression of that internal decision that we make. And uh, if you'd like more information, you go to the next step section of our website or our app, or if, or if you have questions, you could read that online, get some answers or call us and we would love to answer any questions with that. And here's another thing, next week, I want all of you guys to come back. If you're here in person, I want you to bring someone with you. If you're joining us online, I want you to share this message. I want you to send it to a friend. I want you to create a watch party, share it on Facebook because we have the most important message in the entire world. And that is the hope of Jesus. And that's what we get to share with the world around us. So church, we hope you have a great Sunday and we'll see you next week.